You're traveling through another dimension. It is dimension as vast as your fears and as timeless as your resentments. It is the middle ground between being an asshole and just being confident, between light and shadow, between science and superstition. It lies between the pit of our fears and the summit of our knowledge. It is an area we call Handkerchief Dynasty. Uh, what's up, bro? How uh, how's, how's it going? Good to see you. What a wild week. Wild week. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going good. It was like, a pretty wild week, I suppose. Sure. I mean, just I, I'm still savoring the contrast between the like epic layers of spiritual darkness, like the layers of spiritual darkness I was feeling after that first period in game four. It was like I was like, what am I, a Toronto Leafs to Maple Leafs fan? Like, is this what I am? Is this what this has become? Like, am I watching my team just choke? Although Toronto, you know, a Tampa Bay won tonight, but they, you know, we'll see. Uh, that series is over. Like Toronto is not winning that series. Oh man! But like seriously, compared and then the comeback of like the comeback was just so beauteous. <laughs> you know, starting with the Bouchard goal, and I was like, I feel like that that Bouchard goal when it got scored, I was like right there. That could easily be as important as Barry's goal against the Kings last year. Yeah, in the series. Yeah. And then we're just getting going from that to I mean, because and then the anticipation of Game uh, Five was yeah. really heated because it was like, well, if we lose game five, we're right back into the pit of despair, like territory potentially, right? Yeah. The pit of despair is right in the rear view mirror. We could easily go back there. You know, Sally left her doll somewhere, left it in the gas station. We got to go back. Right. But like, but like, well, then we just kind of basically stormed the gates and just took them down fully. Like we, we put a pretty dominant performance by the Oilers in that game. They played a pretty strong, pretty disciplined game. Yeah, and it's like I mean, it's it's so funny how everyone is kind of like I think everyone's moved on from like how bleak it really was and how lucky we should all feel to be feeling the way we do right now. Yeah. For a team that plays like the Kings, like that style of hockey, to give up um to blow that lead, like a three-nothing lead. Like I don't think I didn't think they were gonna come back after um they lost that game and they mm-hmm. didn't. Like I think they've kind of like they're dejected. Um, They're pissed off because they've had to face the Oilers in the first round two years in a row, and it, it feels unfair to them. They're like, seriously, like they yeah. only they can only take so much abuse. They can only dive so many times. Yeah, before, before like it's hard to like look their kids in the face when they get home. And it's like, Daddy, why were you flailing around like a figure skater when like the replay showed he didn't even touch you? And you're like, Well, Johnny, you know sometimes when you face the Oilers two rounds, uh, two two times in the first round of the playoffs, two years in a row, you get frustrated and you kind of. You do some things you're not proud of, son. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see, I don't know, the officiating has been like, um, uh, whatever. Like, the Oilers were playing extremely undisciplined, and now they're not. And I think that's been the difference. Um, And, yeah, they've just busted through, like, um, the Kings' defensive game. Like, you can't, it's not working anymore. And I think... In a big I way. think Corpus. I think Corpus Allo is not as great as everyone has been saying he is. I didn't think that this entire series. I thought he's mm. let in some really costly, soft goals: the Costum goal, the Hyman goal in overtime. Skinner lets in either of those goals, and it's a huge crisis in Edmonton. Totally. You know, just but I don't know. People were they really thought Corpus Allo was playing great. In any case, he's not anymore. No. He's looked, he looked awfully human that last game. No, it's it's one of those beautiful moments. It's one of the things very unique to hockey. I don't think there's any other sport that has anything approaching this in in, in a similar type of thing. 
in a playoff series, a heated, you know, contested playoff series, there are often moments where it feels like a goalie kind of cracks or gets cracked by a team and yeah. all of a sudden kind of all bets are off. It's like it happened with Toscala that one year in the in 06. And like like no other no no other sport really has that where it's like, you know, your pitcher or your goalie or your other key key player is like out there doing battle and there's like a mystique around them. And then somehow that mystique gets like cracked and it changes the nature of the game. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. the Oilers have like a fucking 57% uh, power play percentage in this round. Yeah. 57%. Yeah, or well, no, it's, uh, the, yeah. It's ridiculous. The best, the best power play of all time. So insane. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, it, I think the Kings kind of feel like, what are we supposed to do? And McClellan's doing the best he can. He's, he's, he's really, it's, he's done ye- yeoman's, what is it? Yeoman's work, you know, yeah, getting them, work. getting them out there to play the tight system and shut them down as well as they had. And they really had us on the ropes there, but like the Bush bombs and the dry, the dry is like such a playoff legend. It's like, he's only been, he's only had a handful of playoff appearances, but he's like literally already talked about as like one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. And no more stupid penalties. That's made a huge difference. Those first two games, mm. first three games, were rife with rife with stupid penalties. Yeah, it was just a march to the box, and like your big guys can't get out there and play the game they're supposed to be playing. And when your big guys, like nobody, everybody's the whole, entire routine is is messed up. When a coach draws up a game plan, they're not that game plan isn't based on like okay, we're gonna take like. Let's figure we take about like eight, <laughs> eight or nine penalties. So uh, definitely some work bad ones. Like yeah, yeah, like a lot of bad ones, a lot of costly. It was it was bad especially penalties. it was especially bad because it was that at that point in the playoffs where they're still kind of calling too much because they're trying to do some kind of weird calibration. You know, like yeah, when, I mean, you, when you I put the thermometer so. in the ice water. The Oilers earned those penalties, though. That was no. Was I know. So I'm just saying, like, they were even more likely to get calls because I thought some of them were pretty weak. But like in the context of being early in the playoffs, yeah, no, like, not really. I disagree. I well, disagree. Maybe there was like two or three weak calls, but yeah, I don't know that dry settle call. Every every single time that gets called, the Vinny Deharnay roughing when he elbowed that guy in the face. It gets called every single time after after a whistle. Mm. I don't know. Mm. The the cane plays, all of them. Anyway, they're not doing that anymore. They've got it out of the system. And to me, yeah, that's made all the difference in the world. It's good. It's kind it, of like it, when you go to summer school in the first week, you just end up in a bunch of rumbles with all your rivals. And then after that, you're like, ah, oh, it's okay. Let's just let's just learn calculus together, guys. Even though none of us want to. Exactly. Let's just yeah. get fucking calculus over with. Yeah, it looks yeah. like this is actually happening. We're actually going to have to spend our summer learning calculus. <laughs> it's actually like I'm sure there's like someone who's written a spec script that never got picked up or and will never be produced about a like summer school calculus teacher who like inspires calculus inspires the people. There was actually um, wasn't there one with uh, Edward James Alamos? Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I think Edward James almost was in like two or three of those movies. He played. Yeah, it was character. like a, it was like a series. It was like Harry Potter. They were making so much money, they just like kept on churning them out. By the end, it was just like ah, oh, like why are you hanging? Like everyone's in their thirties now. Teach. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, he went through all the core subjects and then the option classes, and then finally like night school, mm. and then they tried to bring it back one more time when he was teaching behind bars, but that was the one they jumped the shark. 
audiences were just like, fuck this. He's teaching prisoners now? Fuck this. Well, people just don't I'm have, out. you know, people just don't have sympathy for the incarcerated. They should have focus grouped that. No, people don't want to see movies about prisoners learning. No. Rule one of Hollywood. Um, How do you feel? I feel like Nurse has been playing a lot, a lot better the last handful of games, nah. too. That's been part of our turnaround. He's had, he had a few boners early on in the series, but he's he's turned it around. He's definitely the turned few. it around. He played like he's playing twenty four minutes a game. He's plus three. He's got three assists in five games. Yeah, you know, I mean, Bush he, is really lighting things up with eight points uh, in five games. Come Bush on, Bush. On, Bush on both ends of the ice has looked incredible. I have no problem with the way that guy plays. Bush really seems to have a great sense of who Bush is and what Bush can do. And so I think true. that for as long as nurse has played i think to me that's his greatest failing is he doesn't whenever i watch that guy play maybe it's just my perception of things Mm. but it seems like he still doesn't quite know like exactly what he is like he still kind of has this aura of um i don't know how to put it it's it's like it's like something a rookie would have you know what i mean well, the, like, like, um, I think I, I know what you mean. It's, know, you're talking. I, you're talking. You're saying he hasn't. He hasn't like somehow put the final piece to... together to like embrace the player that he is fully. Yeah, his yeah, own I identity, his he, own essence. He looks. A little I mean, well, great. He I looks mean, a little uncomfortable in his own skin, Darnell Nurse. Yeah, like, so much like... responsibility on his shoulders. I think is probably part of that too, though. Like, but yeah, um, I, I guess I mean, so, you know, he's, I mean, he's like, still he's, a, he's not a young player anymore, but. That's what's so that's exactly what I'm saying. You made my point for me. That's what I was trying to say. There's there's so much responsibility for on him because he's a veteran at this point and yeah. he's like a top two guy. Like there's mind be... you, he's a veteran who basically had to play that role for the team the entire time. Like he hasn't had an Ekholm on the team totally. this entire time. So uh, to be perfectly another... honest, I perfectly honest, it's, it might be one of the things where, you know, like in your Final Fantasy game where you bring in a red mage. And you're yeah. like, okay, this is sweet. Not only do I have this red mage, but he could teach uh, fucking yeah. Bolt 3 to Darnell Nurse too. And then all For of sure. a sudden, you know, like that could For easily sure. be part of part of the process too. But like, I, I think part of the process is, yeah, having another really big guy who's plays physical, plays hard, can move the puck and is in that top four with him. It's a big, it's a huge deal. Yeah. It's just like, I guess we were all sort of, the weird thing is I think we were, we've all, sort of been given the impression that Darnell Nurse is that guy. Like that he is before before the Ekholm, he was the Ekholm, right? Like when we when, when they got rid of Keith. And even when Keith Keith was here, I think like I mean let's be clear, like we haven't had a top four D. Like since Clefbaum went down, there hasn't really been like a, a fucking plethora of amazing top four D on the Edmonton Oilers that were just like, no, but covers. I think like, I think so like by default, he was, he was like an Oilers player who won another Oilers player who by default was kind of like, well, he looks like he could be this guy. And he has become that guy. That's what I'm he saying. He is the it, guy. Well, he is the Ekholm. I mean, ask. Yeah. I don't know. The first three games of the series were like awfully, awfully rough. Yeah. It's some rough moments, but you know, I think he's looked fine if not great the last couple of games so yeah i mean the oilers scored six goals the last game so it's hard for me to like find fault in what the defense was doing because i was just like gasping at what the offense was but with like a a player a player of 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 nurse's ilk if you don't remember him having like huge defensive lapses and you remember him making a few good plays and he's playing them that many minutes against the best the other team has to offer 
sure. you know, you can't really ask that much more. I mean, I, I'm I'm still I'm a defender of Nurse. I actually think, I mean, he should be he should be given some credit for some strong play the last two wins for sure. That's all. Yeah. I'm gonna say. Along yeah, with the entire know. team, you know. Yeah. They were they were definitely like team wins. Although no like, complaints, team wins absolutely no complaints. Yeah. Like I love no that complaints. play Clowder made. Love the Kulak goal. Oh my god, it was amazing. Our third, the Oilers' third and fourth lines. That's another reason they're winning these games. Yeah, those are amazing lines. Like, like Warren Fogle. Like, where's that guy been? Like, it's been amazing. He's he's had flashes of this the whole time. Is the thing, which is one of the reasons why I kind of would get annoyed with the hate. I mean, maybe he makes a little more than you want him to, but. He's a physical guy who okay. can fucking fly. And like every once in a while from a certain angle, if you can't see the three on his back, every uh-huh. once in a while, you're just like, oh, is that, is that, you think, no, whoa, 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 maybe, oh no, it's Fogel. But the like, last, the last 20 games of the season, he's been on a real tear. Like that's yeah. a guy to me that has um, really kind of shored up his identity on the team. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he seems to, uh, he seems to fit in. You know who else we got to bring up is uh, Bukestad gets elevated, scores two oh, two huge. goals. I mean, those, he's, the first, uh, those are the first two goals I've seen him score. Like, how many goals did he score in the regular season? One I think or in two? total, like seventeen for both teams. He didn't score that many for the Oilers. Um, like how many did he score for the Oilers in the regular season? Four. Like I missed a few. Something games. Something like that. Something like that. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, yeah, wait, hold two. on. No, five. No, wait, hold on. No, I'm wrong. Anyways, yeah, I don't think he scored five in the regular season for the Oilers. But yeah, he's a great piece. It's funny how they were targeting him like all along. Eh? Like, for like years, scouts, his name was coming were, up. He was like yeah. one of those guys that like the Oilagosphere, the Oilers ecosystem was like kind of obsessed with for like years. Yeah, it's good for um, Yeah, he scored four goals for us in the regular season. He's already got half of that in five games. Already got half. Yeah. Almost. With two. 40%. Um, He's a great pickup. Yeah, it's kind of funny because that's one thing I think we all are like very primed to appreciate at this moment in time because as much as there's been struggles in like, let's say the Oilers top six or the top 4D or the number one goaltending position, I mean, there's also been some challenges in the depth positions too. Like we've never had a team this, this deep. Uh, or oh, no. hasn't happened in like fucking forever yeah like never all the in... like the rotating cast of random people that would just yeah, fly yeah. through the bottom six year upon year upon year upon year like yeah. we finally have guys where it's like oh yeah definitely bukestad is the guy in, in the on, on in the bottom six uh, all these other guys are looking good costin i fucking yeah. love costin costin's yeah, so lovable he has incredible he might be the most lovable of all the new additions just in terms of like if, if you scientifically studied it like clinically he has a lot of personality. Do you know he has a medallion of Connor McDavid that he wears? Did you know that? A medallion? Yeah, with Connor McDavid's picture on it. Like 24 hours a day? Like he, he sleeps in I it? I think so. Yeah, he wears it during the game for has sure. He sh- has he, he shown it? He, kiss it? he kisses it sometimes. Like a, like it's like almost like a like an orthodox like saintly relic yeah. or something. Well, you've seen him also like do the, the thing. Eh? Like he's a very religious guy and he has a medallion and it has a picture of him on it and a picture of mcdavid on it that's amazing yeah true story and also like you've noticed like how he tucks in his jersey okay like he really tucks in his jersey like it's like 1986 or something right like it's crazy yeah he's he's one of a kind 
Absolutely. It's really funny. Like the Oilers haven't had a guy who what's that called? Why am I forgetting the term? Maybe the sign of the cross. Have the Oilers ever had a guy that does that after they like score a goal? I certainly can't remember. Such it's been a while, probably. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Like, I don't think that's like like who who was doing that at any point. I mean, even the ones that are religious, I think probably like wear it kind of lightly, you know, given the environment. You know, it's like weird. It's weird how being like a religious fundamentalist on an American sports team seems way more normal and normalized than the same thing in Canada. I guess it's just weird because it's like a Russian guy doing it. Like, it's very like it's it's very like exotic to me it seems like mm. something that's like very far away well i mean you know it's russia just, is in is both in asia and europe he's got medallions and i bet you he has like great stories great opinions tales to tell you know so it looks like vegas won tonight right yeah so the game is at uh, like seven or eight on saturday right yeah so if the oh nice if the Oilers were to win, they would play Vegas in the next round. Yeah, what do you think of that? I don't know. I think Vegas's goalie like really sucks. Although he might have got a shutout tonight. Isn't that goalie Jonathan re- Quick? No, it's Laurent Brossois. Uh, but I mean, it could. I mean, that's a perfect story. Yeah, I see. If Brassois, can you imagine shaking your fist at Brassois? No, not really. You start That's styming the Oilers defense. Who the fuck is going to stymie this offense, though, at this point? Not Laurent Brassois. It's such a wonderful like... name. It's so French. I love everything about it. I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you who's embraced his identity Laurent Brassois. Yeah. He knows well, who he is. You, that's an identity. If your name is Laurent Brassois, the heavy lifting's been done. Like you've been gifted, you've been gifted an identity at birth. It's like being named Jeeves. Yeah, exactly. To steal a to steal a, Seinf- a Seinfeld joke. Um, right. What do you think of uh, like wh- who else is who else has kind of surprised you? I mean, we have to talk about I think one of the most one of the most beautiful moments of the last two wins, to my view, and so and also this is someone who's really embraced who he is as a player, and he embraced it a long time ago, and will continue to reliably. Zach Hyman goal off of his face. The face goal. It's like, is there is there a more like suitable way for Zach Hyman to score that goal? That's like more quintessentially Zach Hyman. He gets he gets hit in the face and he's like, oh, oh, oh my face. Does it probably hurt like a motherfucker? I think he got like cut. <laughs> no, but... he didn't. That's the crazy thing. There was no tough as nails, discernible man. injury. You know, know what I mean? Like, it was like he was. He, it was like he was protected by some sort of force field. <laughs> the, the puck hit him in the face, and like the trainer was like checking him over, like what's going on? Like where did it hit you? And it was that? probably like, happiness. Ah. Happiness just like it was. There was a happiness force field around his face because we just wanted the goal so bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was the damnedest thing. I sort of think it could be investigated by like the Vatican. Like what exactly? Totally. Yeah, definitely the Vatican. The various. Uh, I don't know Jewish temples. Yeah, right. I don't really right. know. There's not really like a big brand name kind of religious authority in Judaism in the same way, which is probably a good thing, quite frankly. Did do they investigate miracles in the Jewish faith? Is that something? I'm, that's I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're a little smarter than that at this point. If I'm, yeah, if I'm not, I, if I'm correct, they have a little bit more of an esoteric and intellectual understanding <laughs> of the the tradition generally. 
I think even in the more conservative uh, temples, if I'm not mistaken, like Christian, like, like Christians, a little more dignity, a little more dignity and like a little bit more, Hey, how about we just like have a community and like, you know, focus on that instead of like exorcist movies. (laughs) Christians are the ones that do all that crazy shit, man. Christians are crazy. They're out of control. They send in the, the miracle team to go like investigate the investigators. That was my dream job for a while. I really wanted to do that. Sounds like a nightmare job, man. Oh, it would just be so, um, well, it would be, it'd be like both though. Like it would just be so flimsy. The entire thing would be so flimsy. That'd be I good. Could get, I, I could I'd, get into it. I could I'd, get into it. I'd watch the movie. If there was like a character based on you with like your same attitude and mannerisms in that role. Yeah as a paranormal investigator for the Vatican. No, I think the Vatican should, uh, I mean, in spite of the fact that he's of the Jewish faith, they should, they should investigate or someone, I mean, maybe Mythbusters. I think it'd be in their best interest to be investigated. The people who are like doing the Skinwalker Ranch show, they should show up and be like, Hey, what's up? What's up? Get get history channel involved. Cause they got a huge, huge machine. And the Hyman Chronicles are only, they've only just begun. Like really we're in the early seasons of the Hyman Chronicles and like, he had a career year. He's scoring goals off his face. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. And even Kaner. I, like, you get to see Kaner wake up. Some some motherfucker spat on some little girl, and it, like, ignited, like, rage mode in Kaner. And he was just like, fuck this. <laughs> like, it's, like, almost that story's, like, too good. It just seems like it had to have been planted or something. Like, literally, like, the kind of thing you dream wow. about happening to motivate your sports team. An LA Kings fan spat on a little girl Oilers fan who has brain cancer in the bathroom. <laughs> and then that person ended up uh, being like a huge racist online uh, otherwise and got like lost their job. Oh, really? Did you hear about? Yeah, yeah. They got canned. They it's like, well, like once you become, once you become notorious, people go and check through your Facebook page. They and if, they, if they, they see you dropping the N word a whole bunch, maybe like Mercedes Benz won't want to employ you anymore. In the is that where the, department or whatever. Is that yeah. where they work? Something something oh, like that. Yeah. yeah, like a Ben's dealership. Yeah. That's um, so funny. Did you hear about Nikushkin in Seattle? Uh no. Wait, 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 in Colorado, the Colorado player? Oh yeah, sorry, they're, but they're in Seattle playing. Yeah, Seattle. yeah. I heard he missed the game. Like what happened? I well he like he liked he like missed the game. Well, apparently what happened was and I don't know. I mean, like this is just this is just this just came out. They quoted the police report. So apparently, oh boy. Oh boy. apparently the team doctor got called to his room because he was with a woman and she was just like wasted. Like she was just like super intoxicated and he was like worried about her or whatever. Yeah. And then the doctor was just like, she's too drunk to like go home in an Uber or something. So we got to like call, take her to a hospital. Apparently she like punched the team doctor when <sighs> even the buddy was trying to help her. And she was, I think she might've, she sounds like she might've been like a human trafficking victim or something crazy. Like, by the sounds of it, like something oh crazy. He, he might, maybe, but for all, you know, for all, like maybe he just met this person or whatever. I would imagine that's the case or something. But basically, apparently, she went to the hospital and then Nikushkin just like took off. He just like kind of like was like got got the hell out of Dodge. And then I, I I don't know if he's coming back to play with the team. It's pretty crazy. Wow, though. crazy. Yeah. Hope everyone yeah, involved is. Uh, yeah, Colorado could be hurting. They're done, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I picked Seattle to win that series. I don't think Colorado's the same team. And Seattle's like, I wouldn't want to play Seattle in the first round. 
Mm. I wouldn't want to play any like NHL team where it's their first time in the playoffs. I would not want to be involved with that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because that like energy. Oh yeah. That, that adrenaline. Like, yeah, totally. The my belief in adrenaline was actually what made me think that if they played Jack Campbell in that game, it would have been fine. Cause I was kind of counting on the adrenaline to like I actually think No. No, you're totally skeptical. The the problem is if you play Jack Campbell and it doesn't goalie. go well, it would have been like they would have burned down the city. That's the that's the biggest problem with it. Well, it also would have like ruined Stuart Skinner, right? Like it would have ruined everything if they had played I don't I think honest no matter what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean it is so crazy yeah, it could be right. to me could be that right. people were having that conversation. Like our backup goalie came in, you know, full stop. Backup goalie. Clearly the backup goalie of the MS Mothers. I mean, yeah. Came, yeah. came in in a debatable situation. I mean, I was this surprised. Is the, this I is was what surprised happened. that Skinner got pulled. This, and then he well, came in, they won the game. He played and great people, in relief. People were like, oh my gosh, like we got to start him the next game. <laughs> like, holy shit. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. I know. Like, you I, you're right. Me. You brought me around. Yeah. It was crazy. It was um, crazy. I think what happened was people like me just went to NHL.com and looked at the goalie stats. And they yeah, saw because what? there's because there's 50 minutes, though. He had played 50 minutes. He didn't play a full game. He yeah. didn't even play a full game. And people well, he hasn't like, had a start. Yeah, people were like, "Look, I know it's a small sample size, fifty minutes, not a complete game, not fifteen guy... minutes, five zero. So it's yeah, almost that's a full what game. I'm saying. Yeah, that's it what went I'm to saying. overtime in a critical a game that, that was like the season a season deciding game in many ways. Look, I know it's a small sample size; it's less than one game. But this guy is one of the greatest playoff goalies if you look at the numbers of all time. It's like, are you serious? Like, he did not play one full game of hockey. And you're willing to just like give him the keys over our all-star goalie? No, it's a, it's I, context. It was such an important game and such a kind of intoxicating comeback that I think he got kind of uh, praise incommensurate with well, the small sample great. size. I'm, and it was, was I I thought I mean though, to my eye I think he was looking like a lot better, and we saw him play good for like twenty games, so we know he can still do it. Yeah, I saw him so, play bad for a lot of games too, though, like real bad. It's true. It's true. Real bad. What do you think happens there? I mean, like they're going to give him one more chance. Great guy. He loves cats. Stuart Skinner is the starting goalie. Who? Campbell. Huh? What? No, I don't think they're going to give him one more chance to rebound. I think he's done. I mean, if Stuart Skinner gets pulled again, he'll come in, but they're not just going to give Jack Campbell a start. No, no. I mean, really, like, hopefully it's not even something we have to worry too much about because the team's just playing so well. Ultimately, the goalie yeah. thing really only only really comes to the fore when other stuff is not going great. Yeah, like so. if, the, if Stuart Skinner gets pulled, then our backup goalie will go in. But they're not just going to... Yeah, hopefully we'd never see Jack Campbell again in these playoffs. That probably will mean we've played well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we shouldn't see him get a start unless the Oilers are down two games in a series. Then I'd give him a start. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Then I'd give him a start. I think Jack Campbell himself would say that's fair. Yeah. He'd say, well, hi, Priest. You know, like, uh, I just got to say, I appreciate that. I think that's fair. I know I uh, haven't had the best year, but I'm going to play better. 
No, I can play better. Say, hey, I'm going to play like, better. We're a team. Yeah. We're all, you know, Stuart Skinner, you know, all-star game. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Do you think that uh, the fans treat the team or like, do they have enough of a team ethos? Is there enough of a, a spree? De, is there an esprit de corps? Among the, the fans? The fan base? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, of course not. Yeah. What the fuck, right? Wouldn't the that Oilers, be so much better if there was? The Oilers fan base is like um, awful. <laughs> it's yeah. like awful. It's awful. It's awful. It really stresses me out. I'm trying to think of something, you know. It's like, it's almost like like going to the doctors or something like that. Like it's that level of anxiety. Mm. But even like, that's a, that's a poor example. That's a poor example. It's something that. It's like going to the DMV. Yeah, yeah maybe. Or like, it's something like my family Thanksgiving's are actually quite nice. They're, they're good. My family's real nice and. Everyone mm. gets along and we just eat. But in popular culture, the Thanksgiving get-togethers are always like, oh, I'm dreading this shit. And then you get to the table and everyone's just like fighting immediately. Mm. That's what like the Oilers fan base kind of feels like. Yeah. <clears throat> like that is my television Thanksgiving dinner is any interaction I have with the Oilers fan. Even like really close friends. You know, mm, it'll just somehow mm. like maybe it's me, but it'll get going down that path, and then I almost want to tell them, like, listen, man, like I can't talk to you about the Oilers anymore. Well, I just can't. We just have can't. that. We have that, and we do a podcast together about the Oilers. Sometimes we have that like yeah. every year when the playoff rolls around. <laughs> it's mainly like you're describing our like, interactions. <laughs> it's mainly when the Oilers like when it's all over, though. You know, of course, yeah, no, of course. When you're when you're de- like what we have to do, what we have to do to prepare from now on. At well, the end of every at the end of every season, any when playoffs are over, we have to train yeah. every day, wake up, and go through the motions of watching the Oilers both win and lose playoff games. Like just practice for it. Sit there, simulate it, pre- yeah. go through what you're gonna feel. Be prepared. And if we do that every day for most of the calendar year, we won't mm. suffer as much when the moment comes in the postseason every every season. I think I just get like really protective. Like when the season ends, it's like um, an animal that's been hit by a car and it's totally. like, it's not dead yet. If you go over and try to help it, it'll like lash out at you and like bite you. Yeah. Then eventually like... like you, you you want to shoot it to put it out of, out of its misery, but you don't have a gun, yeah. so all you can well, do is grab is that's, some Safeway bags and that's really like what a serial I'm asking killer. for. Yeah. That's what I'm asking for. Is I'm just like <laughs> I can't I can't verbalize it, but I'm asking to be put out of my memory. <laughs> like I'm asking to be uh, killed. You know, know like please know. end it. So I'm just like lashing out. I'm like provoking people, like biting them, slashing at them. Like a, yeah. it's like suicide by cop, as that's we all I'm do. At. That's what I'm going for when the Oilers lose. Man, that's like the, that's such a fucking zeitgeist of our era, suicide by cop. Like they're literally right now in the states, there's at least fifty guys approaching cop, being like, "Touch me, bro, hit me. I just want someone to touch me." Yeah, and like, just like eager for a fucking standoff, or like psychos sitting at home watching like Fox News and Newsmax twenty four seven with a no soliciting sign on their mailbox with like their hand on their gun just waiting to fucking shoot someone for parking in the wrong place yeah it's pretty epic man it's pretty yeah it's pretty messed up can you own guns legal in canada don't don't they don't they do like a massive background check 
in Canada. Yeah. I heard yeah, that they can... call your like exes and stuff, which I think is fucking brilliant. Yeah, that is such a good yeah. move. Oh, you want a gun? Yeah. Uh, can, I, can we call your ex-girlfriend? Well, no. What do you want to talk to her for? <laughs> just give me my gun. No, okay. they say no. Red flags. Hey, well, just can we call your ex-girlfriend? No. Nope. Forget it. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go. I got a gun show to go to. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Call my ex-girlfriend? Absolutely not. She'll say he's fucking crazy. Please don't call her. And then they're like, okay, well, do you still want the gun? You want to go through with us then? No. Forget it. Forget I asked. Didn't know you were gonna call my ex. It's the weirdest fucking lifestyle consumer purchase identity of all time. The like gun ownership person. Maybe it's really sweet to have a gun. I don't know. I don't have one. Maybe it's really awesome. I mean, Homer enjoyed it. I remember in that. Yeah, I know. That's that's kind of what I'm basing that. Yeah, I think that's what we're both basing it on. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, maybe it's true. I got I've never, here. I've never owned a gun. I've fired a gun. Yeah, I've owned a gun. fired a gun as well. At a range, you have in appropriate have? circumstances. Yeah, a few times. I mean, uh, and outdoors too. But just like they were like, like joke. You fired fucking, a gun like, like the, the kind of rifle you give a kid. Like I think it was like a twenty-two or something. I don't know what it's called, I would, but it's I like wouldn't give my kid. A you could barely, like the bullets were like the size of like a tic tac, but they were hmm. real bullets. I don't think I hit. I don't. I haven't killed anything with a gun. I kind of scared a couple of gophers, if I recall. Yeah, I've never. Uh... Yeah. Um. Let's start the wind down procedure then, folks. Uh, thanks for checking in, bro. What are you gonna do while while watching the game on Saturday night? I think I'm just gonna watch the game. I think um, I'm going golfing the next morning at nine o'clock. The Toronto game is before the Oilers game, so I think I'm just gonna like sit on the couch and watch those two games, and then go to bed, and then wake up and go golfing, and then the mm. next day I go to Disneyland. So there's like a real good possible run. You know, it also, you know, the Oilers could lose. I could have a really shitty time golfing and my plane could crash. So <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. I mean, I'm just, um, there's potential to think it go either way. No, we're going to win. We're going to win in game five. And even if we don't, even though I'm predicting a win in game five, what I'm going to do game is six, say game six, or sorry, game six, even though we're going to win in game six, if we don't, which is not usually something people say in their predictions, they don't usually have these conditions. So yeah, I'm just going to yeah. say we're going to win game six. How about that? Yeah, I think so, too. Kings are toast. I think the Kings are toast. They they don't have it. They're still reeling over that one game. Totally. Well, and I think reeling with the fucking unlucky draw that they've gotten two years in a row. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah. All right, bro. Well, let's talk when you get back and uh, enjoy uh, your trip. If I want to talk to you before. Okay. See you later. Bye.